Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House Podcast. We're a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then the house becomes a home. So today we want to say, welcome home, as we jump into today's service. Good morning, good morning. How are we doing, King's House? Before we get started this morning, can we just take a second and give God some praise this morning? I don't know about you, I think he's worthy of anything and everything that we can give him. Man, we serve a great God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the best looking thing I've seen all day. I want to give a shout out to uh, all the youth workers and all the volunteers and everybody who gave and, and, and gave scholarships. And man, we, we had an amazing weekend at Camp Wow at our encounter, and God just did some incredible things. I think we have a picture to put up there, maybe. There it is. Look at that good-looking crew, man. All those kids are, are King's House guys. And we joined with a couple other churches, and, and really God did some beautiful, beautiful things. And so thank you, parents. Thank you for everyone who made it possible. I don't know about you this morning, friends, but my hope doesn't lie in Washington, D.C. My hope's not in a president. My hope's not in a political party. I don't think any solutions are coming from any of those people anytime soon. If we want to see something happen in this nation, it's going to happen on weekends just like this. Jesus is the answer. To this nation, to every nation all over the world, Jesus is the answer. So thank you so much. It's just, uh, man, it's great. Uh, I think Josh and Cam, you're probably ready for a nap this afternoon. I don't know where Josh is. He's not in here. Oh, there he is. And some good news this morning, King South. He doesn't have on black tights. And all God's people said, come on. If you're happy that Josh isn't wearing black tights this morning, let me hear you say a big Amen. <laughs> Cammy's saying amen louder than anybody else in this room, Josh. Your wife is more excited. Before we dive in today, uh, one more quick announcement. This Saturday at 8 o'clock is the men's breakfast. Pastor David Swift is going to be with us this Saturday. And uh, so, fellas, please put it on your calendar. Don't miss it. Man, he is a powerful man of God, and I know he's going to have a word of the Lord for the king's house. Plus, the women had their breakfast a couple weeks ago, and that place was packed. It was great, wasn't it, ladies? So, fellas, we can't let the girls win. Like, that's unacceptable. You know that. I need you to show up this Saturday morning. And the good news is I'm going to probably text you like Wednesday or Thursday because I know the second you leave this morning, you're going to forget. And all the wives said, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Guys, I'm going to help you this morning. I really am. I try to help you every single Sunday. I want to give you uh, something practical, something relevant that's not just pie in the sky. You need something to sink your teeth into on a Monday morning. How many of you know that it's easy to be a Christian at the King's House on a Sunday morning between 11 and 12? Easy to be a Christian then, friends. I'm not really interested about what happens between 11 and 12 at the King's House. I'm interested about what happens when your feet hit the floor in the morning, and I am going to help you this morning. I do have a life-changing secret for you today. We're on part five of this series called Fight, and we're not just fighting this year. We're going to fight with all our heart. Come on, who's with me? We're going to fight with all our heart. In Acts chapter 27, Paul has uh, appealed to stand before Caesar 
and he's on his way to Rome, and along the way, they encounter quite a storm, and um, in the midst of the storm, God promises Paul that not one single life is going to be lost to this storm. So this is where the story picks up in verse 27. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending, look at your neighbor and say, pretending, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. So apparently there were several sailors on board that day that had had just enough of this storm. They're ready to get off the boat. They said, hey, we're going to go lower a few more anchors. I mean, we're going to slow this vessel down a little bit. But in reality, they weren't lowering anchors. They were lowering down lifeboats so they could hop on those boats and get the heck out of Dodge. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. The title of the message this morning, friends, is Cut the Ropes. Cut the ropes. This is so crucial if we are going to fight for what God has for in our lives. It's, it's important to understand that, that Paul and this ship had been in this storm for 14 days. I mean, we're not talking just some little bitty measly storm. For 14 days, Paul and the ship had been in the storm. Scripture says the storm was so bad that they hadn't seen the sun in 14 days. I mean, this storm was real, people, for 14 days. In order to try not to sink, they had thrown everything there was to throw overboard to keep the ship light, including all the food that they were completely surrounded and completely engulfed in this storm. And I'm sure you are well aware this morning, King's House, but there are going to be often times in life, there are going to be seasons in life when we are surrounded and engulfed in the storms of life. Do I have a witness this morning? Sometimes those storms can last a couple days. Sometimes those storms can last a couple weeks. Sometimes those storms can last a couple months. I'm not going to use the Y word because that's a long time. But sometimes those seasons, those storms in life can persist and can persist. And I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room. In the midst of those storms at times, you begin to question, God, where are you? I haven't seen the sun 14 days. I haven't seen the sun in months. God, I am surrounded. I am engulfed in this storm. God, I don't hear you the way I was hearing you a few months ago. God, a few months ago, you felt so close and you felt so near, but God, today you feel so far. God, I'm trying to pray, but it feels like my prayers aren't even getting over the roof. God, something is happening in the midst of the storm. The crazy thing about boats and cruise ships, listen, when you're cruising through the Caribbean and the Bahamas and you got a Mai Tai in one hand and a margarita in the other hand. Nobody in this room, but other people from cruises, I've heard about that before. Nobody's jumping ship in those moments in life. And if you are, it's because you want to stay there on the islands. No one's tempted to jump ship when everything is going great. No one's tempted to jump ship when life's working out exactly the way that you think it should. But you get into a storm, friends, that lasts and persists when things are difficult and when things are tough, and that's when the real temptation comes in to jump off ship. It might surprise you this morning to know that in this nation, it's estimated that over 60,000 churches are going to close this year. 
60,000 churches are going to close this year in the United States of America. It's not, sounds unbelievable. Drive around town. Look at how many abandoned churches there are. Think about the churches that have five people left, 10 people left. It's a literal matter of time before that church dies off. Here's something else that might be surprising to you. 43% of preachers in America are actively considering leaving the ministry. 43, that's almost half of every minister that stands behind the pulpit is actively considering leaving the ministry. Now, if that's true for preachers and guys who do this for a living, I think it's safe to assume this morning that there is probably somebody. As soon as this morning, the thought crossed your mind, I don't know how much longer I can continue to do this. And if it wasn't this morning, then it was probably this week. And if it wasn't this week, then it was definitely this month. At some point, that thought crossed your mind. God, I didn't sign up for this. God, this is more difficult. This is more complicated. This is harder than I had imagined. I don't know how much longer I can hold on, Jesus. I don't know how much longer I can trust you and follow you, Jesus. I think it's safe to assume that those thoughts are happening inside the room this morning. And if that's the case, friends, then I want to give you a life-changing secret this morning. Are you ready? That wasn't very ready. I'm going to give you, if I said a million dollars, you guys would, woo! I want to give you a life-changing secret this morning, King's House. Are you ready? Man, I, I, I do. I want to give you a life-changing secret. It is the singular reason that I am still standing in front of you today. That's how important this is. This is the key to following Jesus, the key to a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus. This is the secret to discovering your destiny and the dream that God has for your life. It's the secret to unlocking the abundant life that Jesus wants for each and every one of us. The key to surviving a storm and not just surviving it, but walking through on the other side, thriving after those storms. Come on, somebody. Everything God has for you in the future hinges on this secret. And the secret to all of that is three little words. Just don't quit. That's the secret, friends. Just don't quit. I wish it was more philosophical. I wish it was more spiritual this morning. I wish you went like, wow, when you heard it. But it's not. There's nothing special about it, nothing magical or mystical about it. The secret is just don't quit. Do you want to hear some good news this morning? Here's some good news. Your sin can't stop you because you have already been forgiven. Your sin can't stop you. Your sin has been forgiven, forgotten, cast as far as the east is from the west. Here's some more good news. Your past can't hold you back. Your past has been erased. Behold, anyone that is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Your past can't hold you back. We spent all last week talking about that dirty old devil. But the devil can't deter you because he's already been defeated. Come on. Jesus rose up out of that grave with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He's already purchased victory. Your sins, your past, the devil... The only thing that can stop you from be becoming everything God has called you to be, 
The only thing that can stop you from accomplishing everything that God created you to accomplish is you. That's the only thing. So if that's the truth, then you have to buy into this mindset that I'm just not gonna quit. I'm just not quitting. This is what fight looks like, man. When you make up your mind that I'm just not gonna quit. Let me remind you this morning that your life is too valuable, that your destiny is too important, and that God's love is too dang powerful for you to quit, friends. Come on, look at somebody and say, I'm not quitting. I need you to help me this morning. In the height of World War II, Winston Churchill made this saying that I read regularly to remind myself, never give in. Never give in. Never Never, never, never in nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy king's house. Never give in. This is what we need to grab onto this morning. Just don't quit. Every person in this room has a significant enemy in your life. And if you were to narrow down reasons why people stop following Jesus, narrow down reasons why people give up, this reason is that near the top of the list, if not the height of the list, this enemy is so mean and so ugly, so evil and nasty, this enemy that exists in your life. This enemy has a name. His name is Plan B. An unbelievable enemy in your life that causes so many people to quit, so many people to give up. In John chapter 6, Jesus is speaking to the multitudes. He had just turned the the five loaves and two fishes. He had multiplied it, fed the 5,000. I mean, the height of Jesus's ministry. He begins to speak to the multitude that day, except that this day was a little different. He was saying some hard things. The multitude was beginning to realize like, ugh, I mean, Paul and Jesus isn't all just free food and miracles, you know? It might actually cost me something. And then Jesus really just puts the icing on the cake. He says these words, listen, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. Now, that's not Jesus being an advocate for cannibalism, obviously. But he speaks in these stories and these pictures, and what Jesus is trying to say is, listen, there's only one way to follow me. That's all in. Only one way to pursue him, King's House. That's with all your heart. Listen, I'm sorry if some preacher told you that it was going to be easy and there was never going to be difficult and he was just going to bless you because it's not true. The story picks up in verse 66. After Jesus said these things, many of his followers left and stopped following him. Many. Jesus asked the 12 apostles, Do you want to leave too? I mean, the multitudes are leaving. It's going to cost something. So Jesus, the great church builder that he was, looked at his dearest friends and said, well, what about you guys? Are you going to leave too? Peter replies with these profound words. He says, Lord, where would we go? Where where would we go, Jesus? You have the words that give eternal life. 
We believe in you. We know that you are the Holy One from God. King's House, I need you to get this morning way down deep inside your heart and inside your spirit. This is the mindset that you have to have in the midst of life, in the midst of storms, where you can look at Jesus and say, God, where else would I go? Jesus, you're my everything. Jesus, I've, I've given you my whole life. Jesus, what else is there? Real talk this morning, King's House, if you're going to fight for your future, if you're going to fight for your family, if you're going to fight for everything that God has planned and promised for your life, then you have to address plan B in your life, and you got to cut the rope on some things this morning. you got to cut the rope. You have to have this mindset that there is no other option to burn those bridges that lead back to your previous life. It's all right. I'll preach a nice sermon next week. You can love me again next week. In 1519, Cortez arrived in the New World with 600 men and a sole purpose. He was going to overthrow the Aztec Empire that had existed for 600 years. Countless people had attempted this feat, and they had all failed. Cortez lands on the beach. They get off the boat. As soon as they get off the boat, some of the men that were with him begin to say, gosh, damn. That's a little bigger than I anticipated. This might be a little more difficult than we thought. I, I was much more excited when we were getting on the boat than I am getting off the boat. I mean, doubt began to spread throughout the ranks, and they began to question, is this really what we want to do? Are we able to do this? And Cortez gives this famous reply. He looks back at the guys, and he gives this order, burn the boats, burn the boat. I mean, the men are frantic. What do you mean burn the boats? How am I ever going to get back home? Cortez says, if you're going to make it back home, it's going to be on their ship, friends. There's only one direction. Either we're going to win or we're going to lose, but there's nothing in between, friends. There's only one direction in your life today. If you want to fight for what God has for you, it's straight ahead, friends. you got to set your face like Flint and make the decision that I have decided to follow Jesus come storms, come hell or high water. I've made the decision in my heart. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to cut the rope in my life to several things. It sounds crazy. It does. It sounds like I'm some kind of radical, but this is what normal should look like, King's House. You've been bought with a price, bought and paid for. You surrendered your life to Jesus. We all love making Jesus the savior of our lives, don't we? Man, he died for you. He can forgive your sins. You can go to heaven. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, we love that part. My Savior, Jesus. But he's not only your Savior, he's your Lord. And that means that you signed over rights to your life, that you no longer live, that Christ lives through you, that you are a bond servant to Jesus, that you don't make decisions for you, that you let him make decisions for you. Quitting's not an option in that scenario, friends. It's not that radical. Acts chapter 19, Paul's preaching in the city of Ephesus. God's moving. People are getting saved. Paul's doing miracles. It's incredible. Revivals breaking out. Look at what verse 18 says. Many of the believers began to confess, telling about all the evil things they had done. Some of them had used magic. These believers brought their magic books and, one more time, and burned them before everyone. Hold up. These books were worth about 50,000 silver coins, 
just to give you a little context here, Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And these books are worth 50,000 pieces of silver. Following Jesus is going to cost you something, friends. Following Jesus is going to be difficult. There's going to be plenty of opportunities where you want to quit. But if you want to fulfill what God has for your life, you have this mindset, just don't quit. Many of us need to make the decisions today to cut the rope in numerous areas of our life. Maybe you're here this morning and you are involved in some relationships that you know aren't from God. Probably nobody here, right? But let's just assume that there's somebody's here that are involved in some relationships that you know you shouldn't be involved in. Some relationships you know, you know, you know are leading you into sin. Relationships that you know are tempting you to compromise your morals and your values and your integrity. You're not even wondering about it. You know what these relationships are producing in your life. You know. Well, Pastor Mark, I've been praying about it and I'm just not sure what I'm supposed to do. I'm just still seeking the Lord. Stop praying. Stop seeking the Lord. Let me help you this morning. Are you ready? Here's what you need to do. Cut the rope. Cut the rope. Why would you want any relationship in your life that has you attached to sin and compromise? How are you supposed to follow Jesus with all your heart when you're weighted down with all this junk, friends? You know what you need to do this morning? Cut the rope. Maybe you have friendships in your life. Mark, these are my boys. We've been friends for years. These are, these are my boys. The problem is, is that at one point in your life, you were all moving in the same direction. But then Jesus, in his great love and his great compassion, intervened in your life. Aren't you glad that Jesus stepped in your life and intervened in your life? Well, when Jesus stepped in your life, then all of a sudden, your life started moving in a different direction. And if you're not careful, you're still tied to some of those things and to some of those people. Your life's moving in a completely different direction, man. You're climbing the hill of the Lord. You're pursuing God. You want to have what he wants for your life. Man, you are clawing and you are climbing and you're getting it. But you still have this stuff weighing you down, pulling you back. You might be strong enough today. You might be strong enough tomorrow, but I promise you, if you stay connected to some of those things, there will come a day where you're fighting and you're climbing and you're clawing, but there will come a day where it pulls you down. What am I supposed to do, Pastor Mark? Cut the rope. Well, that sounds so heartless. Doesn't Jesus love those people? Yes. Doesn't Jesus want to reach those people? Oh, my goodness. Yes, he does. But if you're still sick... How in the world are you going to help somebody else that's sick? If you haven't gained victory in your life, then how are you going to help somebody else find victory in their life? The sick person can't help the sick. It takes a well person to help somebody that's sick. How's about we get healed? How's about we get restored? How's about we get set free and delivered and filled with the Holy Spirit? How about we start living a victorious life first and then let's worry about reaching way back? But in the meantime, friends, you got to cut the rope. I don't want to hurt their feelings, Pastor Mark. I get it. But friend, I'm telling you, your future is far more important than somebody's feelings. 
Let God worry about their feelings. You worry about the future that you have in Jesus. Come on, are you with me this morning? No, you're not. You hate it, but I'm going to keep preaching because you need to hear it. Some of us assume that God's blessings are just that. They are God's blessings. But did you know that the enemy disguises himself so well as God's blessings in your life? Well, how is that possible, Pastor Mark? Well, it looks like this. Pastor Mark, you wouldn't believe it. God's blessing me, and he's opening doors. I'm getting a new position at work. Come on, somebody. I'm getting a raise at work. Woo! Better health care, better benefits, better retirement. Wow, man, that's awesome. I mean, I got to work every single weekend. But, I mean, Pastor Mark, it's just for a season. Just for a little season. And as soon as this season's over, Pastor Mark, I'm going to get right back to doing what God's called me to do. But I just can't pass up this blessing. Friends, if it's keeping you away from the will of God, it's not a blessing. It ain't no blessing, man. Cut the rope. It's not a blessing. I got a bonus at work, Pastor Mark. Praise God. I got a down payment for a boat. Woo! Lake season's coming. Who's ready? Hey, I just want to be clear. I'm not preaching against boats this morning, all right? If you have one and you want to invite me, please feel free. I love to tube. I love to kneeboard. I can't anymore because I can't walk for like five days after I kneeboard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> These legs ain't what they used to be. I put a down payment on a boat. Praise God. I'm going to get to spend some time with my family. We're going to bond. Man, that's, that's awesome. We got the down payment. You didn't consider the. The insurance, uh, gas is $4 a gallon, and the payments that come every single. So, I mean, obviously, you got to pay for the boat. So you start working some overtime. You start picking up some extra shifts. Well, then you're not really seeing your family, and you're working every Saturday because you got to pay for the boat. Well, that just leaves one day. And Pastor Mark, there's only like four months in the year that I can use the boat. What a waste to have it sitting there. And I'm, I'm, I'm spending time with my family, so, but it's only on Sundays that we can go to the lake. I mean, that's, that's the only reasonable day, right? And so you just start this compromise and a compromise and a compromise. It just starts this slippery slope where the enemy has successfully done what he wants to do more than anything else in your life. If he can isolate you, friends, Mission accomplished. Let me tell you something. There is nothing worth keeping if it keeps you from the will of God this morning, church. There's nothing worth keeping. Cut the rope to the boat. Cut the rope to the job, to the friends, to the relationships. I'm not trying to rain on your party. I think boats are great. Listen, if God's blessing you, praise God. But here's what I know is that every person in this room is going to die. That's the reality. If Jesus doesn't come back, you're going to die. And when you die, you will stand before a holy God, and you will give an account for what you used your life for, friends. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I'm trying to help secure your eternal inheritance this morning, church. You should be thanking me. Cut the rope to that stuff in your life. When the storms of life arise, and they will, and they have, and they will continue to do so, I know your first reaction is to see, how can I lower this lifeboat without anyone knowing? I got to find a way to get out of it. Friends, can I suggest something today? Instead of letting down a lifeboat, how about we let down some anchors, friend? How about we make a decision to dig our feet in? I'm going to hold on. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do whatever I got to do, but the one 
other thing I'm not going to do is quit. I'm not quitting. It's not an option. I'm laying down an anchor this morning. And I don't care how big the storm is. Man, there is a hope that we have in Jesus that's the anchor for our souls. Hebrews chapter 6 says this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. That's what an anchor's for when the storms come, when the waters rise. You have an anchor, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Friends, do whatever you gotta do, but just don't quit. Cut the ropes to those things in your life that have you tied to the world. Cut the ropes to those things in your life that have you connected to sin. Cut the ropes. There's a great American philosopher called Rocky Balboa, the Italian stallion. If you don't like Rocky, you need to get to this altar ASAP. Give your heart to Jesus. It's not too late. Rocky chap, Rocky five. Rocky goes back to his roots. He's on the street. He's not fighting in a ring. He's, he's fighting Tommy, the machine gun. He's fighting him on the streets. Who, who's with me this morning? I just need to know who I'm preaching to. Thank you, thank you. We, got it. we need to have a lot of salvations this morning. Not enough people know Rocky Five. He's fighting Tommy Gunn on the streets. And initially, I mean, Rocky's an old man. He's got concussion problems. And man, Tommy just, he beats him down. Tommy's strutting back to the limousine with George Washington Duke. You see Rocky just kind of slowly picking himself up off the ground. He gets up to his feet and he yells out, yo, Tommy, I didn't hear no bell. One more round, one more round. I'm speaking to somebody this morning and God's asking you, one more round. I didn't hear no bell. Ain't no fat lady singing anywhere. One more round. See, I believe that some of you are here this morning and you are holding on with all your heart to the promises of God. I believe that some of you are here this morning and you are holding on for dear life to those dreams that God birthed in your heart. Some of you are holding on to marriages. Some of you are asking God for things that seem impossible. Some of you are believing God for an absolute miracle. But there are walls standing in your way. Think about the ridiculousness of what the children of Israel did when they came to the city of Jericho. Here they come to the city of Jericho. Walls so large and broad they can race chariots on it. A city full of literal giants. And they come to the city of Jericho and, I mean, let's imagine that it's the fourth quarter. Coaches call on the team together. They're down by one. There's 10 seconds left. Like, it's time for the coach to draw up the play. You know, we got to score. This is it. Well, that's what Joshua does. He brings the troops in. He all right, all right fellas, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk around it seven times, and then we're going to shout. Coach, hit me with that one more time. I don't think I heard. We're going to walk around it seven times, and we're going to shout. Uh, Joshua. We've been in the desert for 40 years. And you knew that Jericho existed. And in the last 40 years, this is the best plan you can come up with, man. This is it. This is your great idea. This is how we're going to infiltrate Jericho. March around. And we're going to shout. How many of you know we serve a big God? 
How many of you know sometimes he asks us to do things that seem ridiculous because he wants to do the impossible in our lives? Would you imagine this morning how absurd those Israelites felt? Let's not pretend that all their faith was just sky high. I mean, they're humans like us. There they go for six days marching around Jericho. What were the people in the city thinking? What were the people in the city saying? I mean, can you imagine the ridicule, the jokes standing on their big old walls? Well, the seventh day came and they march around at one time and they march around at two times and they march around at three times, four times. Friends, can you imagine? After four times, they just said, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Where's my lifeboat? Good Lord, get me off this ship. Can you imagine if they quit the fifth time? What if they quit the sixth time? What they didn't know is that one more round, one more time around that city of trusting God, of being willing to worship even when it looked impossible. Friends, I'm talking to somebody here this morning that's holding on to dreams and promises. And the word that God wants to give you this morning is, come on, friend, one more round. I didn't hear no bell. Don't stop now. Just one more round. Keep holding on. Keep fighting. Keep believing for what God wants to do in your life and in your family. One more round. Just don't quit. Well, do whatever you gotta do. Cut those ropes, do whatever it looks like. One more round. I absolutely understand that life is brutal. Fighting for dreams and believing God for impossible things is, it'll wear you down. I get it, trust me, I, I get it. And hey, the last four and a half years, God's done incredible things in this church. Unbelievable. Miraculous day after day after day after day. I mean, miraculous things. Can I tell you what an incredible honor and privilege it's been just to be a part of what God's done in this place. I mean, it's truly, it's, it's been phenomenal. So there's, there's that part of it that I just, I love to celebrate and I love to travel and preach and tell the world what God's done at the King's house. You're an inspiration to people all over planet Earth and you don't even know it. You are. But then there's this whole other side of it, friends, where I absolutely understand what those 43% of pastors feel. Because as wonderful and as great and as grand as it's been, this has taken an enormous mental emotional, spiritual, physical toll on me. I mean, there's some days I look in the mirror and I see this tired looking dude with these big old black circles under his eyes and like, that can't be me. Who is that ugly looking dude? I used to be so handsome and charming. Erica, come on, help me. No, she wanna get me. I get it, it's taking a toll on my family, it has. I mean, the, the, the stress, the pressure, the weight, the responsibility is real. And it's 24 hours a day. 
and it's 365 days a year. It doesn't matter if I'm at a conference in Phoenix or I'm in, in Maasai land, Africa, preaching like I'm the pastor of the king's house and I'm responsible for this place. It's heavy. I get it. And to be completely honest with you, Eric and I have talked numerous times where I just say, babe, I, I don't know if I got another four years in me. I don't know if I can do, again, what I've done the past four and a half years. Like, I don't know if I, I can't do this forever, babe. I, I, I don't know. And I see some of you looking at me disappointed. But I'm just trying to help you this morning. Do you know the difference between me and you? Nothing. Nothing. I'm an extremely ordinary individual who has struggles and doubts and temptations and sins and extremely ordinary individual. But the truth this morning is King's House, I don't have to know what I'm gonna be doing in four or five years. I don't have to know what I'm gonna be doing in 10 years. The only thing that I have to know is what I'm doing tomorrow morning. That's what I have to know. And let me tell you, tomorrow morning, Mark Hinnon's gonna wake up. He's gonna freaking pound coffee, come on. I am. Even Tommy Barnett says, until the anointing comes on you, coffee's gonna have to do. I'm gonna pound some, but I'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning. I'm gonna pound coffee and then I'm gonna come to the king's house. And I am going to remind myself that I am called to this. I am going to remind myself that I was born for a time such as this. God brought me into the kingdom. And I'm going to remind myself that if God brought me to it, then friends, he's going to be faithful to bring me through it. And I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to fight with all my heart. And I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for our leaders. And I'm going to pray for our ministries. And I'm going to hold on with faith and ask God for a miracle to provide supernaturally for community of hope, to provide supernaturally for everything that God has called me to do. I'm going to fight tomorrow. That's what I'm going to do. And at some point during the day, I'm going to want to quit because I want to quit every day. At some point, there's something in me that just says, run, Forrest, run. Hit that door and don't look back. Get your family and go. Every day, I want to give up. It's going to happen sometime tomorrow. Mondays are the worst, by the way. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Then I'm going to go home. I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to watch The Office. And I'm going to determine in my heart, tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the king's house. I'm going to remind myself that I'm called. And I'm going to remind myself that I was born for this moment. And I'm going to remind myself that if he brought me to it, he'll bring me through it. He promised to never leave me. He promised to never forsake me. Friends, here's the good news this morning. You don't have to have faith for four years from now. You don't have to have faith for 10 years from now. Some of you dealing and struggling with sins. Some of you fighting your way through addiction. Some of you hanging on by a thread for your marriage and for your children. You don't have to have faith for five years from now, King's House. All you need is faith for tomorrow. And when you make that decision that I'm going to serve God tomorrow, then you make another decision. I'm going to serve him the next day, and I'm going to serve him the next day, and I'm going to serve him the next day. You make that decision, man. I am cutting the ropes to the 
the world in my life. I'm burning every single bridge. I'm going to do whatever I got to do, but the one thing I'm not going to do is quit. I'm not quitting. I've been around hundreds of people all over planet Earth who are more anointed, more gifted, more talented, more called, more equipped, better qualified, hundreds of them. Do you know the difference between me and those people? I didn't quit. That's it. I didn't quit. Here's the crazy thing about it, King's House. It's really not a mystery. You can open up your Bible, book of Revelations. I believe chapter 21, chapter 22 is the end. But you go to the end of that story, and you know what? We win. We win. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to threat. I know how the story ends, King's House. Sometime in between here and the end of the story, there's a lot of uncertainties. But I know how the story ends. The trump is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. We're going to meet Jesus in the air, and we will live with him forever. That is my future. That is my hope. I know how the story ends. And in the meantime, I'm going to face every day with faith and with boldness and the determination to fight. Because when I stand before him, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. If you're struggling this morning, here's the, here's the solution. Don't quit. If you've been holding on to promises and you don't know how much longer you can hold on, here's the answer. Don't quit. You've been believing God for a miracle. Keep believing. Just don't quit this morning at King's House. Would you stand to your feet? Jesus, I love you so much. I'm so thankful. God, that even when I'm not faithful, you remain faithful because you cannot deny yourself. This is not a story about how good we are. The gospel is a story all about how good you are, Jesus. It's by your grace that we still stand. It's your power, your Holy Spirit that empowers us. Holy Spirit, you know every need that's in this room. way more than we do. Plenty of us in this room this morning with our smiley faces on, but the truth is we're going through hell on the inside, fighting all sorts of battles and demons that nobody else knows about. Holy Spirit, my prayer this morning is that you would just so fill us with your power and with your passion and determination and the reality that what you have planned for us is so incredible. God, would you just supernaturally encourage this group of people this morning? God, would you supernaturally inspire this group of people? Father, I thank you that breakthrough is coming in the lives and the families of the King's house, that there is a miracle that's in the works. Just one more round. Just one more round. Father, I thank you for everything you've done and for everything that you're going to do. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name. King's House, can I remind you one more time that your life is too valuable, that your destiny is too important, and that God's love is too powerful. Don't quit. Come on, do you believe that this morning? Your life is too valuable. God's destiny is too important. And God's love is too powerful for you to quit. I love you, King's House. I just want to invite the prayer team to come. Man, if you're here today and you just need to pray with somebody, you're going through hell, you're facing some walls or some giants in your life, come let somebody stand in faith with you this morning. King's House, I love you. 
discipleship classes, home groups, Wednesday night, loaves of love this afternoon between one and three. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thanks for joining our podcast today. If you are ever in need of prayer or wish to speak to a pastor, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church slash giving. Or you can text any dollar amount to the number 84321 and simply respond to the prompt sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and want to visit, We meet every week at 124 V. Huber Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit ahead of time where you can reserve your seat, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before arriving on the Sunday of your choice. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all our latest messages, and we look forward to seeing you soon.